0: Amen. About a month ago, one of my favorite annual events took place. Of course, I'm talking about the NBA draft. Yes. And and you see, what I love about the NBA draft is that I get to, to watch and consider all the ways that all these college players who I watched in the spring... Where where they'll end up in the fall and what teams they'll end up on and the best part about draft night is that you never exactly know What's gonna happen? There's always a whole bunch of trades and the whole landscape of the NBA shifts that day And it's so exciting for for me an NBA junkie to just kind of see and think and imagine What the fall is gonna be like when the season finally kicks off and now on top of all this excitement for me Stay with me stay with me. I love the jargon that the announcers use throughout the NBA draft. This is probably because I've been watching the NBA draft for about 25 years now, and so I've become well-versed in the way that the ESPN announcers discuss the different players. They always talk about a player's, a player's upside, right? Like, oh, he's got tremendous upside, a lot of potential here. If he gets in the right system, it's going to be a really high bar for what he can accomplish. Or, or, or they'll talk about a player's length. Oh, yeah, he's a really long player, huge wingspan, really disrupts the passing lanes on defense and alters a lot of shots in the paint. Or or my favorite, my favorite is when they say, oh, he's got great fundamentals. The reason that I love it when they talk about a player's fundamentals is that back in my playing days, that was about all I had to offer to the team. (laughs) I had decent fundamentals. I could dribble and pass and shoot and play defense, and not much more than that. I I certainly never grew tall enough to make the NBA, never really had the athleticism to compete at the higher levels, but I had the fundamentals right. And you know what? You know what? The fundamentals are really important, and that's what an ESPN announcer would tell you. But, But more apropos to what we're going to talk about this morning, the fundamentals of our faith are important. Really, in any walk of life, in anything that you're practicing, the fundamentals come first. And they set you up for success in the long term. So I want to discuss the fundamentals of our faith with you this morning. We're going to be looking at Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 42. And I've titled this sermon, It's All About the Fundamentals. Please pray with me. May the words of my lips and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Send your living word to walk amongst us now, to challenge our assumptions, to set our hearts ablaze, and to make us whole again. Amen. If you would, please open your Bibles, pull it up on your phone, whatever you need, to Luke chapter 10 verses 38 through 42. It's just a paragraph there at the end of chapter 10. And if you would rise with me, we rise when we read the gospel as a sign of reverence and respect for the ways that the living word of God walks amongst us as we hear these words read this morning. This is Luke chapter 10. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. Friends, this is the good news. It's the gospel of our Lord. You may be seated. I'm guessing that for many of you, this is a familiar Bible passage, one we've heard preached on many times before. But I think the reason that that, that we love this passage so much is that it has so many ways to capture our imagination. You can see, right, Martha, this person who is the one that invites Jesus to her home. But then Martha, upon inviting Jesus to her home, is suddenly worried about making sure everything is just right and perfect. She has great hospitality skills, but then she spends all of her time diddling away in the kitchen, right? Got to get everything cooked just right. Got to get the place settings just right. Maybe a little centerpiece for the dining room table, if you will. And as she's going about getting all of these tasks in order, she's not happy. She's not joyful. She's becoming more and more bitter of her sister, Mary. She wants more than anything else to just sit at Jesus' feet. I'm guessing that's why she invited Jesus, this great rabbi, to her home. She wanted to hear and learn from this man. And yet she has been distracted by trying to get everything just perfect. You see, as all this goes on, Jesus essentially says to her in the very end, Martha, Mary has focused on the fundamentals. And that will not be taken away from her. You see, Mary isn't focused on all the little tasks at hand. She's focused on the better part, the most important part, and that is simply sitting at Jesus' feet. You see, church, the fundamentals, whether it's in our Christian faith or or in sports or, or playing the piano or something else, the fundamentals provide you with a base so that you can then do the more advanced work. The fundamentals come first because they provide that base. I I want to remind you that what comes right before this passage in Luke is Jesus telling the parable of the Good Samaritan. We, we, We talked about it here last week. Jesus talked about the Good Samaritan, about this man who helped a person who was in need, and then Jesus ends it all by saying, go and do likewise. And I think it's no mistake that after Jesus says, go and do likewise, we get this scene about Jesus reminding Martha of the fundamentals. The message, as always, is that the fundamentals come first. If you're going to go out and actually be a good Samaritan, well, then you better attend to the fundamentals first and foremost. Church, that's what we've been doing here at Reformation in 2019. Maybe you didn't realize it, maybe you didn't pick up on it, but our our theme, it's on the front of your bulletin. It's been there since the first week in January. Our theme for 2019, No Love and Show Love, a year of spiritual growth at Reformation. I wanted to make sure that we as a church attended to the fundamentals first and foremost, that we grounded and steeped ourselves in a knowledge of God's love for us first and foremost. Because only when we understand how much God has done for us and how deeply God loves us, only then will we have the courage and the strength to do the work of God in the world. Because let's be honest, the the work of the church, the work that Jesus calls us to do, being a good Samaritan, that's not always easy. And if you don't have your fundamentals in order, if you don't have that spiritual grounding, well, then the work is going to destroy you. If you don't attend to the fundamentals, the work is going to be very difficult. Think about some of the most prominent, some of the most well-respected and famous Christian leaders that we still, uh, that we view as modern-day saints. You've got your Mother Teresa's and your Dietrich Bonhoeffer's, Howard Thurman, Martin Luther King Jr., all of these individuals had a deeply secure and founded faith life. Their spirituality, their, fun, their attention to the fundamentals of faith is what allowed them To do that work that changed the world. And we need to remember that it's the same case for us. We're not any different. We're not special. We can't get away with ignoring the fundamentals. Sometimes you've just got to come and sit at Jesus' feet. And do nothing for a little bit. Because that's the only way you'll find the strength to carry on. I'll be honest with you. Sometimes it's really hard being a pastor. I'm tasked with doing the work of the Lord, leading the church in many and different ways, and sometimes that's not easy. But I've noticed over the course of my ministry that at those times when things seem most difficult, it's not necessarily because everything's falling apart around me. Sometimes it's just because I haven't been attending to the fundamentals. When I let my prayer life slip, when I find myself only reading the Bible in preparation for a Sunday morning sermon, when I get into these bad habits of trying to do a lot for the church, but never actually spending time at Jesus' feet, it's amazing how quickly everything else can fall apart. Martin Luther once said it this way. He said, I have so much work to do that I shall spend the first three hours in prayer. What a powerful quote and a powerful reminder. And now I recognize how idealistic this sounds because we all have lots to do, not just in terms of lots to do for the kingdom of God, but just lots of practical tasks to do each day too, right? Got to make breakfast, got to get the kids to school, got to make lunch, got to make sure I do stuff for my job, got to get the oil changed. There's a lot that fills it up. But the point of Luther's quote is that what's most important is the fundamentals. Take that time for prayer first. Wake up a couple minutes earlier just so you can be sure that that's how you start your day. Don't find yourself skimping on the fundamental work of simply being in the presence of Jesus. Because when you skimp on that work, everything else falls apart. This is what Jesus is trying to show Martha in the passage from Luke this morning. Martha has come to believe that she doesn't deserve to sit with Jesus. She thinks that her worth and her value is found in all of the stuff that she does around the house. The only way she's going to be good enough is if she gets everything exactly perfectly for Jesus. And yet, hasn't this mindset already destroyed her? She's trying to operate in this way, but she's ending up bitter and resentful and stressed. What Martha really needs to see is that she's already worthy enough to sit at the feet of Jesus. She doesn't have to work for it. She doesn't have to get it all perfect. She's already invited to be in the presence of the Lord. And she's just got to change her mindset and accept her acceptance. Church, it is the forces of evil at work in the world that try to tell us something different we get a strong message in our society that you are what you do. How many times have you met someone new and they say, so what do you do for a living? It's our go-to first question. Let me understand you by the work that you do and nothing else. Don't tell me about your family. Don't tell me about what you love or what you do for fun. Tell me what your work is and then I'll understand you. And it goes deeper than that too, doesn't it? We, We get this message that we need to accomplish more. You've got to have more stuff to put on your resume, more awards to hang on your wall. You are what you do, is the message of the United States in 2019. And church, that is simply the voice of the deceiver. That is evil at work in our world, trying to make us see things in a way that's completely counter to the way that Jesus sees us. Completely counter to the way that Jesus wants us to see the world. We hear this voice that says, there's so much important stuff to do. We hear this voice that says, work is what gives you value. We hear this voice that says, you're only as good as your last accomplishment. Those are lies, church. Those are lies. And they will destroy you if you listen to them too strongly. You'll end up just like Martha. Stressed and resentful and bitter. And relationships will be ruined as a result of this mindset. Community will be destroyed because you'll constantly be trying to put yourself above someone else. Or you'll constantly be asking, why aren't they working harder? It's important in moments like this, church then, to focus on the fundamentals. Because in taking time to simply sit at Jesus' feet, we will have the chance to remember where our value is really found. When we simply take time to sit at Jesus' feet, we'll hear that message that our worth is already secured. That our salvation is already won and you don't have to work for it when we know this truth deep within our souls, when we realize that our worth and our value comes from God and not from what we do, well, that is the moment when we're set free. Because all these lies that you're hearing, that your worth is devised by your, what you do, all those lies just hold you captive to a view of the world that destroys you. Overwork results in heart attacks and hospitalizations again and again and again. And, and it's even deeper than that as well. Even if your health might be able to survive the frantic pace that you live at, how many relationships are lost because you're just too busy? How many relationships are destroyed because you just think that person's being a little too lazy for your liking? We need to focus on the fundamentals to focus on the fundamental message of Jesus Christ. And the fundamental message is simply this, (laughs) that you are loved just as you are. That your worth and your value isn't found in what you do or how much you accomplish. Your worth and your value is found in what God has to say about you. You are, are special and beautiful and important and loved because God says so. Full stop. That's the fundamental truth, church, that we have to steep ourselves in. We have to come back to this message again and again because the evil forces at work are tricky. They'll try to deceive you, they'll try to take you onto a totally different pathway that only ends up destroying you. So, church, focus on the fundamentals. Take time to sit at Jesus' feet even though you aren't accomplishing anything in that moment, nothing could be more important. Take time to let the fundamental message of Jesus dwell deeply within your soul. Take time to remind yourself that your value comes not from what you do, but from what Jesus has already done. Amen.